Hello again, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the How to Life podcast. My name is Dr. Laura Jaggett, and right now you are listening to episode 57. Today's topic is about how to decrease stress, how to consciously take that pause before you react to something emotionally or physically, and how to take care of yourself in order to be your best for others. And not just any others, the most precious of the others, your children. This is going to be a show about parenting, a job worth doing well, your absolute best, actually. In this interview, we will talk about why it's so important, how to be purposeful and present about it, and how to set the intention to be the best parent to your children that you can be. It is an honor to raise a child and bring that child into adulthood, and it's definitely a life skill. One that at first you usually have no skill whatsoever. So you definitely have to set some intention about it. Mindset is so important, as is finding great teachers and role models. Being a great parent is something that ideally you're going to do on purpose. My guest today is Adrienne Brown, and she has some credentials behind her. Adrienne is the mother of eight children, four biological and four adopted. But what's more, she and her husband have homeschooled all of them, and at this point, they have guided the older ones into college and successful adulthood. Impressive, but there is still more. She is a veteran of the United States Air Force. She's worked outside the home for the Department of Defense. She is an entrepreneur with two businesses, and she is a six-time published author with books chronicling the parenting and homeschooling methods that have helped her meet every challenge she has faced along the way. She's also been a keynote speaker several times for many different organizations and events talking about this topic. And she has contributed to the betterment of our world by raising kind, decent, productive members of society. She is, without doubt, a successful parent and a great role model for parents at all stages along the way. She has a lot to share, and I'm very happy to have her on this show and talk about the joys and challenges of parenting. Hello, Adrian Brown. Welcome to the How to Life podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. I love this topic. It's about how to be a good parent and not go <laughs> insane. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to get into the questioning. Before we start, will you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Um, I'm Adrian Brown. I'm the homeschool mom of eight. I birthed four and adopted four more. <laughs> um, I am in the process of building my website and a business, trying to help other young moms to embrace and understand their roles as moms and homeschooling moms if they want to homeschool, and entrepreneurs. It may seem hard, but you can have it all. Um, I've been homeschooling for 26 years and running three businesses. So it can be done. It absolutely can. And it can be done mm -hmm. successfully in all areas. Did you plan on having a big family? I know you had your four boys. Did you plan <laughs> on saying, yes, I'm going to have four more? No, not really. I had a friend who had adopted four children and she said, you know, you guys would be perfect candidates for adoption. And I was like, really? She said, I bet you you'll get a baby girl. And, you know, the first adoption we got was a baby girl. She was only like six weeks old. And then the other three are sibling group. That's how we got the four kids. And so that's why I'm the homeschool mom of eight. 
How do you prepare yourself mentally and emotionally to be a great parent? Ah, uh, well, for me, it all boils down to my spiritual side. I have to first center myself in the mornings and I, I call upon God for help and strength. And I get help from other people that I've met that are also homeschooling parents who have gone before me. Why did you decide to homeschool your children? Oh, there's it's so many reasons why I decided to homeschool. But one of the main reasons is because of the upbringing that I had. It was basically lacking. You know, I didn't have um, the safe environment at home. I didn't have the uh, loving parent there to raise me up. And I just always felt in my heart that I would never, ever do that to my children. And so I just felt because of my religious belief, I felt that it was my duty to take care of my kids. I felt like it was my responsibility, no one else's. It's interesting. You said you did not grow up with uh, the support that you give your own children. I think a lot of parents, they want to do better. Even if they did have good parents, many want to do better. So it's an intentional decision to be a good parent. And when you say, I want to be a good parent, you have to have some discipline yourself. You have to make that commitment. Exactly. I mean, this is one thing I teach and advise to all young ladies who come to me asking about homeschooling and parenting. It is definitely a commitment and you have to be consistent and persistent in your role as a mother, a homeschooling mother. And if you're married, a wife, because to me in my life, those are the three things that were commitment means not that you're going to be perfect, but if you are committed, you will find a way to take care of your family. You will find a way to protect your children Mm -hmm. and to raise them up so they'll have a sane mindset. And that's so, so important. The goal here, again, as you said, is not to be perfect. It is to raise a decent human being who will go out into this world and contribute in a positive way. And that's how you change the world, one person at a time. And to have children, whether it's one or eight or however many, there's a certain amount of structure and boundaries that you have to put into place. Tell me about structure and boundaries in your own experience. (laughs) Well, as I said, when I was younger, growing up as a girl, there was really no structure and not very many boundaries. So I was free to do whatever I wanted to do. Before you go on there, what does that do to a child who has no boundaries from your perspective? It is, it is destructive. It is soul killing. It's bad. It's not good because you have no guidance because there's no one there telling you. And every, all the people around you who are supposed to be grownups are doing the wrong things. And so they're doing the wrong things and they're okaying you to do the wrong things. And to me, that was, that's a recipe for disaster. So I did not want that for my children. So structure is so very paramount to my, the way I run my household. We, my husband and I lay down the rules. I mean, we're not, it's not like so strict. I'm just saying we make up rules. We have the rules. We present them to our children. They know what's expected of them. They know what they're to do and what they're not to do. They know how we are going to react and they just abide by those rules. Mm -hmm. I think because they have structure, because we gave them the structure, they were able to know how to live. The children (laughs) feel safer. They actually feel safer when they know how far they can push it. 
a child who has no boundaries, there's a sense of feeling out of control, which yes. is scary. So yeah. it is not restrictive to place boundaries upon your child. I mean, there are limits and different parents have different limits, but you are in control at the moment. And okay. those boundaries are there to guide the child until they can fly on their <laughs> own. Children need certain guidelines and rules and limitations so they can monitor themselves, yes. self-control, self-regulate. And if you don't tell them what those regulations are, how are they supposed to do it? They, they won't can, know. They won't know. <laughs> and it's going to be a very rough ride for them until they figure exactly. out their own boundaries. And it's no different than rules and structures that we have in society as a whole. Why do we have traffic lights? So that exactly. we don't get killed. It's not squashing the child's freedom to set those up. Yes, I 100% agree with that. My husband and I know our ways work because especially two things. Most of the friends that we had who had children that same age that we have, a lot of them did not have the boundaries and there is shows in their children. And I'm not saying that I'm better. I'm just pointing out the facts. That, and not only that, our rules and regulations and the way that we run our home and raise children work because we brought four kids in this house who did not even know us. Two of them were teenagers. They were older. But once they came into our home and fell up under our, you know, the way we run things, it settled them. They knew that in the morning when you get up, you will see my face. They knew that when you get up in the morning, you will have breakfast. And they have told me so. It makes them feel safe. So it's not that we're overzealous and restrictive, what they try to say, helicopter mothers. No, I'm not a helicopter mother, but I'm definitely a hands-on mother. I have four children. I mm -hmm. turned out to be outstanding people. And there were <laughs> rules in the house. I gave them room to fly, to explore within boundaries. And they're doing yes. great. You know, I like you said, within boundaries. We homeschooled our kids. They stayed home. They were here. And we allowed them to go out into the world to work at different places. But it was within boundaries. That way they were safe. If something happened, all they have to do is pick up the phone and call us. And we'll come get them. They didn't have to worry about who's there for me. Who has my back? Who can I call? They never had to worry about that. Not one time. I want to switch into personalities. Everybody <laughs> has different personalities. I found with yes. my own, I had to parent four different ways to accommodate the four different personalities that I had. How do you deal with the different personality types and still maintain everybody within those boundaries? For the most part, all our structure, our rules, our expectations are all the same for all the kids. Mm -hmm. But they have always been free to be who they are and to explore and figure out what they want to do out of life. But they had to be within boundaries. And my kids understood that. Did you ever experience a child who really sort of pushed the boundaries more than others? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Actually, I can think of two in particular, two of them. Uh, but, you know, we, talk, we talked it over. My husband and I explained to them why we felt a certain thing couldn't happen. They would pout and get angry or whatever, but they would always come around to our way of thinking and understanding. I would just say to mine, it's just now, right now, yeah. at this age, at this time, this <laughs> is how it's going to be. But it's not forever. You're still learning to grow. That's right. The majority of your life, you're going to be out there doing whatever <laughs> you want, whenever you want. But right mm -hmm. now, you're still in training. So, That's right. 
I'll point out another thing, and this was my own experience. Um, so I had, you know, one time one of my children went beyond the boundaries. Mm-hmm. But that child <laughs> knew that even though the boundaries had been crossed and yeah. there was going to be some anger, there was the feeling of safety that that child said, I can call my parents. I know I'm going to get in trouble, but I know that I can call my parents and they're going to come help me. And that's exactly, exactly what happened. And because my kids know that I love them, that even if mm-hmm. they blow it, their safety is paramount. I am going to be there to help them. Yes, yes. That is so very important. And it is something I always wanted my kids to know. I wanted them to know, even if you did mess up, you can still talk to me. And that's what we want. We want our children to reflect their environment because they are going to be laying down their future parental foundations Mm. based on their own experience. Yes, exactly. What is the difference between discipline and punishment? You know, we actually had that conversation not too long ago in my home. Discipline shows love. You discipline your child because you love them. But punishment harsh punishments particularly is very hurtful and damaging to the person's personality, their psyche and their mind. We don't do that. I don't believe in that because once again, I grew up in that type of environment. I had people call me things, everything but my name. When a parent belittles their child, it is much, it's a bullying effect. The one who is doing that feels so badly about themselves that they put that out on the child. Not that that's an excuse or a reason, but when you become a parent, to have this awareness to change that cycle, it's important. (laughs) Parenting is the most important thing you can do in this world. It's a huge responsibility. (sighs) So to be aware, to set the intention to be the best parent that you can be, and that does require boundaries and it requires some discipline, but in a respectful way. Yes, it requires you to be firm. It requires you to be settled in who you are as a human being, as a mom. I had to make up my mind what kind of mother I wanted to be. I And I couldn't let my elders or my friends dictate and make me change. And that's what a consistency comes in yeah. and persistence come in. You have to be who you are in front of people's faces and behind closed doors. And I treat my children the same way, no matter what. I am parenting my child no matter who I am in front of consistently. consistently. Yes. And you have to do that or else your child would be, will be confused. And when you confuse them, that's when <laughs> they start pushing the boundaries because that's right. you have changed the rules now. So they yes. start yes. adapting to that. Yes. I want to talk about respect because there is respect when you are parenting a child. And some may look at it and say, well, the parent's the boss and the child is the servant. No, Mm -hmm. the parent (laughs) is the leader and the child is the student. And there is mutual respect for the, you Mm -hmm. have to have respect for your child because they are learning respect by the way you treat them and they are going to treat others that way. It's a very important, Mm -hmm. but subtle skill. Yes. What's your opinion on respect being a two-way street? Well, I feel 100% in agreement that it needs to be a two-way street. But that's when I pull my boundaries in, too. I expect my children, if they want to say something to me, they better say it respectfully. I mean, even if they raise, if they raise their voice, 
you can raise your voice in a way to where you're not attacking a person. You're you know what I mean? Expressing your passion about what exactly. you're trying to say. Yes. It, exactly. So what I, that's, I really never had to deal with that too much with my biological kids, but with my adoptive kids, I had to train them and the difference, you know, yes. especially the boy, the older boy, he thought that he could just yell and say what he wanted to well, say. That's what his experience <laughs> had been. Correct. Yes. It's an important <laughs> skill to learn how to hone that, to reel that in. Because you have mm-hmm. social interactions in adulthood, the majority of your life. Uh, yes. So learn it in childhood. Yes. Because I had adoptive kids, I had to learn a different way of managing them too, because they weren't used to my lifestyle. They weren't used to our rules and regulations. So we had to train them, but they fell right into place. I'm going to list a few things here that I think are important to raising a child. And I want you to just give me your perspective on them. Okay, so here we go. The first one is quality time, where it's just you and the child. You have a lot of children. So how do you give each quality time? At home now, I have an eight-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 15-year-old. So what I do, the eight-year-old still comes and sit on my lap, and we sit there and talk, and I read books with her. The 15-year-old, we, when I go out to get, we go get coffee. I take her with me to Starbucks because she loves that. That is like one of, that's her love language. <laughs> if I take her out shopping or something. So I know she likes that. And my boy, who's 11, I go outside and work with him. We work in the garden. We build stuff because he, he likes that type of thing. So that is how, that is how I spend time with them. Quality time is not a trip to Hawaii. It doesn't have to be a trip to Hawaii. It could be That's right. just taking one kid to the grocery store. This is yes. and parent time. Little things count where it's just them and your attention is focused on just the one, even if it's just for a quick trip to the grocery store. It's important. Oh, it is so important. And you, so many times they have made reference to it. They have said, especially my 15-year-old girl, mommy, I love going to the store with you. I love grocery shopping because it's a one-on-one time with her. And what about praise? It's important to praise your child when they are proud of something that they have done. Validate that. You know, I have seen parents that they're like, I don't give any praise because I want them to work harder. No, <laughs> give praise. You like to get praise. Everyone likes it. Everyone likes to be validated. And, you know, who better to get that validated than your parent? Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about social skills and manners. Oh. You're a homeschooler. So tell me about socializing with your children. People always feel that socializing means they have to be with their exact age. In homeschooling, that is not true. My kids can socialize with a grown-up or a little child. We, I want my kids to be able to talk to anyone. I don't group them by age. This teaches them how to have manners in all situations with all different types of people. And that comes back to respect. Manners is respect. <laughs> I heard a quote once that said, oh, well, manners is just you showing off and being snooty. No, it's a sign of respect. You are respecting the other person by having good manners. And it's a sign of your upbringing too, because my kids are always being complimented by the people, the grown-ups we go around. They said, you kids are so well mannered. We go to church. My kids don't run all over the church because they just know that is not what we do. You are a role model. What you want your children to be, you have to reflect that to them. Talk about being a good role model. Our children are always looking at us 
to see how we're going to handle a particular thing. It's reflected in the things we watch on TV, the music we listen to, what comes out of our mouths, the people we hang with. We try to be real in front of our children. Oh, and that comes down to consistency. Yes. What you want for your child, you have to be the role model for them. The kids are going to be looking at you. They are watching you. They're listening to you. They're mimicking you. So you've got to be your best. And now I want to talk about how not to go crazy, because (laughs) when you make the commitment to be a parent and you're working, let's say also, and you Mm -hmm. are a spouse, how Mm. do you balance everything? What's the secret? Yeah, well, I go back to boundaries again. My family understands what is expected of them around the clock. I get up at six o'clock in the morning and I try to work from six to eight. They know, do not come downstairs. Don't disturb me between those hours. That's my chunk of time to put forth towards my work. So they respect that. They come down at eight. They know they have to do their chores outside, come in, get their breakfast and start school. They know that. I don't have to keep telling them that every day. The younger ones, eight o'clock, they know it's time to take your shower because it's time to go to bed because this is me and daddy's time. So you carve that out intentionally. Exactly. Yes. But my time is in the morning. That's why I get up early in the mornings. Because if I didn't get up early, I would have no time to myself and I would feel like a scatterbrain all day because there's no centering. When I say centering, that's when I get up and do my Bible study and I read and I pray before I start anything else. Because that's where I get my strength from. And um, then I feel like I'm ready. I have set, reset myself for the rest of the day. You know, This is very <laughs> true. And you will hear a lot of people, a, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, their world may not be children, but it is this gigantic company. Let's say many, many people will take that time for themselves in the morning to set the mm-hmm. intention of how they want their day to go. They recenter, reset and rebalance mm-hmm. themselves and then go mm-hmm. forward. Such an important skill. That is so important. Yes. <laughs> is that one of the things you teach, Adrian, with your courses or your classes or your website? Exactly. On my course, this is one of the tenets of my course, the mom or parent, the dad, whoever is doing it there every day, all day, you must take that time out for yourself because you cannot help anyone else if you're a scatterbrain or if you're feeling pressure and stress. How can you help someone else? You You can't. One of my favorite things to reference is, you know, on an airplane when they're giving the instructions and they say, should the cabin lose pressure and the masks fall down? Put your own on first before Mm. you assist your child. It's the same thing. You have to make yourself strong before you can take care of anybody else. That's so true. And I've learned that, you know, I have always done that throughout my days of parenting and being married. You just have to find time for yourself. When you, if you don't find it, you will find yourself falling apart. That's when you will lose it. And then it ends up being detrimental for the children, the family. Yes. You have to fortify yourself. You mentioned your courses, Adrian. You mentioned your courses. Tell us how to find you and all you have to offer. Like I said before, I'm the homeschool mom of eight. And you can go to my website to have get access to my books that I've written. I've written a book called Commanded to Homeschool. It's my story of my journey in homeschooling, how I got there and why. Um, And that book is on Amazon. It's called Commanded to Homeschool. And my course, which is Housed Unteachable, you can access it through my website and it teaches you how to set these boundaries and how to even identify what the, everything in your life that you're doing and figure out what's the most important thing and why. My course is 
helping the young mom to order her life in marriage, parenting, and or homeschooling if she wants to. Yes. Homeschoolmomof8.com. Yes. I'm on Instagram, same handle, homeschoolmomof8. I'm on Facebook, homeschoolmomof8, all the way through Twitter, YouTube. I even have a YouTube channel, homeschoolmomof8. It's consistent. That makes it easy. I'm going to make it even easier. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for this show. You have something else coming up. What else do you have coming up? Yes. I have an upcoming conference where I'm going to be a speaker. It's the Homeschool Virtual Conference of 2021. There are about 20 speakers, and I'm one of them. That's coming up June 3rd to the 5th, but early bird tickets go on sale May 30th to June 2nd. And you can get those at tailormadehomeschooling.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-M-A-D-E, tailormadehomeschooling.com. I'll put that link in the show notes also, and you'll be able to get those tickets and attend that conference. It's a virtual conference, I take it. Yes, it is. Wonderful. Makes it even easier. Adrian, thank you very much for this important talk and for sharing your experience. You sound like an amazing parent, a wonderful person. I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Bye. I look at parenting as my opportunity to contribute to this world in a positive way. My mindset is that I can control what vibe I put out. Then that vibe can be extended to the children. It was my goal, and it's still my goal. It's my intention to contribute for healthy, secure, loved, kind, self-sufficient people who can go out into the world and share their gifts, encourage others as they have been encouraged, and help spread light and goodness. I hope this interview has inspired you to the same goal. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let me know by hitting the five-star rating button on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you're listening on. And I would also love to hear your comments about this episode as well. You can access this episode again, share it, and learn more about Adrienne Brown, her website, homeschoolmomof8.com, as well as her courses and coaching at howtolife.com slash 057. Would you like to hear Adrienne live? She will be a featured speaker at the upcoming Homeschool Virtual Conference of 2021. That'll be happening on June 3rd through the 5th in just a couple of days. You can still get those early bird tickets until tomorrow, which will be June 2nd at tailormadehomeschooling.com. I have another episode I did earlier this year called Good Vibes Only with Cher Kretz, who is a school counselor and family coach and the host of the podcast Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. She also has great information on her blog. So if you want more info on how to be a successful parent, I'll link her info and our interview in the show notes as well. I thank you for staying with me until the end. Be well, everyone. I look forward to meeting with you again, and I wish you a great rest of the week and a renewed intention to be and do your best. Be the best version of yourself that you can be so that you can guide and lead your children and others. Be kind to yourself. You're doing a great job. You got this.